Welcome to Cuffs and Cakes presents Inside the Artist Studio. The interview you're about to hear was originally recorded July 11th, 2017. To find out more about Cups and Cakes, visit them at cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. What you're about to hear may contain filthy language and adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Inside the Artist Studio. I'm Marvin Greensboro. Switches exploded into the hearts of music fans with the release of their album, I Just Wanna, which was ultra-fun retro garage punk at its finest. Just when they were gaining traction, the lead singer Tara moved to Toronto. They've managed to slug it out, releasing two EPs while maintaining a long-distance relationship. The most recent of the two is a split EP with Toronto's Planet Creature, released on Edmonton-based Double Lunch Records. Here to chat about the EP and the difficulties continuing as a band with a key member gone is Stefan and Tamar. Well, hello. Thanks for joining us on the show. Why don't you start by telling us who you are and what you play in the band? I'm Tamar. I play drums and I do backup vocals. And I'm Stefan and I play keys and very occasionally do backup vocals. Okay, and who are we missing today? Uh, we're missing Tara, who's the lead singer and lead guitarist. And as well as a bass player, we have a few different people that play with us. Most recently has been Adrian, who plays bass and does backup vocals as well. Right on. Well, this new EP is actually split with the Toronto band Planet Creature. How did this collaboration happen? Uh, last summer, we toured... Uh, as far as Quebec City, we played in Toronto and we played with Planet Creature and they're friends with some friends of ours who live in Toronto and we just got along with them so well and we like their music as well so we just thought it would be a, a cool band to, to partner up with. Right on. You had an EP release show in Edmonton on May 27th and I heard some equipment malfunctioning almost led to the the gig being cancelled that night. That's right, yeah, my keyboard uh, was on the fritz. We hadn't been playing for months because Tara was living in Toronto and so I hadn't actually touched my keyboard my Hammond portable organ and then I went to play it and it was kaputs so I had to find uh, I put the word out on into the internet world and uh, I got back that Murray there's a guy named Murray who has a uh, organ repair shop out of his garage and he was able to actually do it in one day and he was super stoked on it and really played it much more beautifully than me so I kind of wished he was in the band but nonetheless the, the day was saved by Murray and he looks exactly as you would imagine. Yeah, ponytail, thin, tucked in shirt, high pants. Yeah. Great guy. I imagine he doesn't get calls every day for uh, emergency repair. Yeah, I don't think so, but yeah. he did have a garage full of organs that he was working on, slowly but surely. That's fantastic. Going back to the EP, Craig Martell's Double Lunch Records put this out. What made you decide to go with Craig? Um, Craig's awesome. Uh, he's done so much for music in this city, and it's really exciting that he started a record label. It's really great to have that in the city and see so many awesome local musicians putting out tapes and records on there. So it was kind of an obvious fit for us. Uh, we worked like putting on shows with him in the past and stuff. So yeah, and he has a tape dubber machine. So we're, that was awesome. Worked really well. well. The big thing I was hoping to talk about 
was her lead singer and guitarist Tara McMahon now lives in Toronto. When she moved away, most people expected this to be the end of Switches, but you managed to keep moving forward despite this. How did you do so? With some difficulty, I guess. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're just all committed to, to keeping the band going. Um, but it, it is a major challenge in terms of like songwriting and actually even keeping up with our instruments as, as I said like I hadn't even touched my keyboard for months before before we got ready for this release so it's it's difficult but we just are all still want to do it we haven't uh, decided to get a complete divorce yet so yeah we're all really close friends as well so we're all in touch anyway and kind of see each other regularly even though she's away so it kind of keeps the momentum going that way um yeah, I guess it's not actually that as normal of a thing to do. Usually if someone moves away, it's kind of like, okay, uh, let's call it quits for now. But I just think none of us are really willing to let go yet. So yeah, we'll see what comes of it. And long distance relationships are hard, but seems to be doing okay so far. Mm-hmm. Well, with her gone to Toronto, how has it changed your approach to writing? It's changed insofar as we are hardly writing at all is the thing. She's she's worked said she's worked on a couple songs, but um like this EP we actually wrote and recorded last summer and it we just slowly were able to put it out. Um so we haven't actually written new songs since. So it changed our writing completely by stopping it. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty hard to get together. Like a lot of times Tara brings a song um, to us and then we work together to make it into like a finished song and add parts and add the backup vocals and sometimes um, a few other like small parts of the song and then some songs like All I Want to Do or what's that song called? I think we called it All Free. All Free. Um, That was a song that the words well they're just the same words over and over were written like a long time in the past and we were just kind of in the recording studio and wrote that all together so it kind of depends on the song but yeah without um, us all being together it definitely makes it a challenge so hopefully we'll get together sometime soon and be able to work on some new stuff well on that note have you guys thought about uh, making the move to toronto yourselves We've definitely thought a lot about about that, but never, I don't think we've seriously considered it, let's say. Um, we have a lot of friends there besides musical collaborators. We also have friends. Tamar has family in Toronto. We've thought about it just like maybe Toronto would be a great place to live regardless of the band, but I think neither of us is really ready to pay that kind of rent. <laughs> I think Or been. not have a place <laughs> at all to live. Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah I think... It, I love Toronto. It's amazing. We all have pretty full lives. Like, that's something about our band that is a challenge, I guess. We all have other things we're pursuing and careers and priorities, I guess. This is, I know, a big love of all of our, like, in all of our lives. Um, but it is hard to balance all those different priorities for sure so right now yeah it's not not something that will happen but yeah something I've thought about lots I've never liked the idea of like a band moving to Toronto or Montreal or something to kind of make it or whatever you mean I never really liked that 
I never thought that was a very successful venture and whenever I see bands doing that I'm always like nervous for them and I don't think it usually occasionally it does it depends what kind of music you're making what kind of noise you're able to drum up about yourself but I feel like if we actually did move to Toronto and try to like make it as switches in Toronto I don't know if that would work out in our favor I, I feel like keeping our identity as an as an Edmonton band is good for us like it, it, it fits with our sound and our feel and our attitude better than if we tried to like blow up in Toronto somehow maybe got Boy Wanda to produce our next album then maybe do you guys have any tips for any other bands that might be in the same situation? Oh, um, I don't know if we're good. <laughs> like, um, listen to us. We know what we're doing. I guess just have good communication and support each other's pursuits. It can be hard when you want it to be everyone's main goal so that you can get somewhere with it. But it's just not always realistic when people have a lot of different passions in their lives so yeah just support each other and hopefully pursuing all those other things you enjoy in life are is gonna like come back and make the music even better in the end so mm-hmm. be willing to uh use skype that's do as i say not as i do but <laughs> skype is is pretty useful in terms of long distance band relationships checking uh facebook messenger has been pretty uh, helpful in our in our journey to be uh long distance band yeah just being on top of the communication like we have so many different threads of conversations yeah as well as like talking over skype and stuff just like being in constant communication i guess and like you said being honest like if somebody if other people want to do something but if somebody honestly just has a different priority just being willing to say that and everyone else has to kind of accept that and, and figure out ways to keep the band going even though it might not always be the easiest. Yeah, that's route. a really good point. Like, I think sometimes, definitely in situations I've been in, it can be really hard to disappoint people or to feel like you're disappointing them or to not want to do what it seems like everyone else wants to do. Um, but in the end, it's going to kind of backfire if you don't say, I'm not capable of that, I don't have the capacity to that for that, I don't have the time for that. Um, and that has been a great thing we've experienced. Like, for example, being in a band with Marlena when we were going to go on a longer tour, um, she was just like, oh, if that's what you guys want to do, that's awesome. I have to focus on my own stuff. I don't think I can come. Instead of saying she could and then it being like more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we could kind of move on and find someone else and still do the tour. Fantastic. Finally, what do you guys have planned for the rest of uh, 2017 and beyond? I was just thinking about that today. I was thinking we should do like a fun holiday show or something because I can't really see us playing before then. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it could be really great to do like a reunion around the holiday times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but other than that, we're all going, actually, me, Stefan, and Tara are all going to be in Europe for a friend's wedding right away. So maybe that will bring us some inspiration. Maybe we'll write some awesome songs or something wedding, about wedding theme songs. <laughs> wedding yeah. theme songs. Surrounding the wedding, I was hoping we could organize a, a European tour, but that was not in the stars. So yeah, it's not happening. But yeah, I think a holiday show um, is something that we've kind of mentioned before, and hopefully it will will come together. Um, we also should probably write some grants, and maybe next year we could like 
get a cabin in the woods and actually write a, a full-length record instead of just another EP. Yeah, because we've only been. released one full-length and it actually was really successful and I think, or quite relatively successful, I think people really still like, even though mediums of music have changed so much and people say people don't listen to whole albums anymore, I kind of think they do and people really appreciate like the full length mm-hmm. record so that could be and our our sound has changed and our like you know the feelings around it so I think it could be cool to explore what that would look like in a full length form absolutely well alright that takes care of the fluffy questions <laughs> now down to the nitty gritty the rapid fire this is where we really get to know you what album sparked your love of music? What album sparked my love of music? Um, well, I would say Fuji's The Score. I listened to that album so much when I was 12. Um, the first albums that I remember really getting into were Paul Simon's Graceland. Whoa, and, yeah. And uh, the Everly Brothers' Greatest Hits when I was a, mm-hmm. a wee tot. That was, that, was, that was pretty huge. Yeah. Also for me, Tracy Chapman. Mm-hmm. Does, is that self-titled? that album with fast car on it you have to tell me i'm not yeah that was like childhood album what's your current musical obsession summering from vancouver yes. pretty much the best band that we like them uh, yeah i really do yeah they're awesome how do you take your coffee i don't i take it with an anxiety attack <laughs> Yeah, I'm in the same boat actually. Zero coffee or anxiety. Um, but fall. Tara takes hers with cream. Um, no sugar. And no. Whoa. And right away in the morning. And many times during the day too. <laughs> yeah. What's the best movie you've seen lately? How lately is lately? <laughs> the best movie I've seen in the last year, I would say, is Moonlight. That was that's, such a good. Movie. That's the one that had the biggest effect on me. The most recent movie I watched was Solaris at Garneau on Saturday. So that's pretty recent. I don't know if that, that, that movie is uh, brilliant, but also so slow and Russian that it's, I don't know if it's the best, but <laughs> it was a good movie to kind of struggle to stay awake during. Alcohol or marijuana? Oh, definitely the booze. Yeah, alcohol. All right. What's the best thing to happen to you on stage? I think it's like whenever people are, are like singing along and dancing, that's a pretty great thing. That's not, a, that's not, I can't think of a specific instance. On the 27th, it was like that. People were, were really into the, into the show. So that, yeah. that felt good, but that's not really, uh, doesn't make for the gra- the greatest story maybe, but the feeling from like a crowd that loves you is pretty special. There's not, there's not much that gets better than that. At our show, and we played a show in Quebec City that ended in a bit of a disaster, but the actual, like, us playing was so fun, and there was people there who knew the words to our songs. It was wild, Mm -hmm. and people were just, like, losing their shit, and we were on stage while they were doing that, (laughs) and I was watching them, so that was pretty awesome. Do you have anything worst that's happened to you on stage? The first show we ever played, um, I was so nervous. It was my first time ever playing drums in a live setting. And like the first beat of the song, I dropped my drumstick, which was kind of like the worst. That's like, what worst can you imagine as a drummer? But it was also kind of the best because I was so nervous that after that happened, I was like, oh, it already happened. Can only get better from here, so. I haven't had too many bad uh, switches experiences, but uh, if I can digress and talk about a previous band, twice one member of the band 
was significantly too drunk to play the show but we still were playing the show and his he was the bass player and his all the songs were kind of built around his bass lines and so him not being able to play it was really disastrous um he actually like fell over part way through it was pretty wild <laughs> so that was pretty bad but nothing in switches like that how many pets do you have and what are their names well, zero pets. I've had many pets in my life, but uh, none of them are with me now. Um, our basement dwellers, I call them. <laughs> the people who live in the basement suite of our house have a cat named Milo, and he comes upstairs a lot. And he's so cute, but also such a He rascal. has no tail. Yeah. Just a nub. What's the strangest job you've ever had? I, I once did the, like, municipal census. I don't know I guess doing the census is always kind of strange because you're just like wandering around knocking on people's doors asking them about themselves Mm -hmm. I've done the census twice and people definitely think you're a creep I think all my jobs have been weird I worked at a laundromat that was pretty weird but it was like a cool hip laundromat it was like a cool hip laundromat yeah I folded people's clothes which is pretty pretty fun and weird I uh, worked as a beekeeper for a bunch of years that's kind of a weird job um I was an election observer in Ukraine. What was your most recent job in, your med- in the medical field? <laughs> yeah, right now I'm working in the medical field. I'm uh, doing medical medical experiments. They've uh, I submitted my body to science. They cut me on each hip and tested a scar healing cream. That's a pr- that's pretty wild. <laughs> that's pretty wild. Yeah. Don't do anything for money. That's a true musician, dedicated to music. Yeah, so dedicated <laughs> that he just needs a bit of money to get by, so he'll cut. He'll get cut. Who's your favorite superhero? I never read comics, and I, yeah. I never have really watched superhero movies. But I, when I was a kid, I thought um, Silver Surfer was pretty cool. Like he, that's a pretty cool looking dude. Like he surfs through the galaxy or something, and he's made of silver. I don't know anything about <laughs> Silver Surfer, but the impression I got from the covers of the comics, I was like, that that's a pretty cool superhero. But I don't really have a lot to back that up. Maybe he's a real monster inside. Maybe he's not a nice guy, but he looks cool. So maybe I'll, I'll go with Silver Surfer. I like... I don't know. I guess I really like the show Luke Cage. I don't know if his like powers are that... I don't know. He's, Super strong. He's strong, and he's like... He's the good guy, mm-hmm. I guess. So He's woke. Yeah. Woke AF. Beatles or Stones? Well, Beatles all the way. Yeah, I would say Beatles too. What was your first car? A 1979 Cadillac Phaeton. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sweet. <laughs> Pretty sweet and gas guzzling. Mine was... Nissan? Is that what people say? I always called it a Nissan. <laughs> A Nissan Stanza. They don't make them anymore. What's your favorite Canadian city to play? Edmonton, I would say. It's so nice to play here and people are so supportive. It always blows my mind. Um, But other than at home... Regina is always really good. The Regina folks are like so nice and so we, we get along with the Regina people so well and they they receive us always so nicely too they're really stoked on our music maybe not all of them but the ones the ones who tell us what they think the people in Black Thunder the people in Black Thunder <laughs> and their friends are all really the best people in the world the best people in the world so I would say if we if 
Edmonton is off the table, then Regina would be it. Do you have a least favorite city? Um, we played in Vernon. Was it Vernon? Yeah, Vernon was pretty bad. <laughs> but that's not to say that Vernon can't be good. But our experience in Vernon... Oh, that when, back to your question, what was our worst onstage experience? I think that might have been it. Vernon was pretty dismal. Yeah, that was a low point. Have you had any strange requests from fans? I guess even just like people ask us to sign their records. And that that's so nice. It just feels funny. I'm like, what are you going to do with this? It feels like it diminishes it the value of the record. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, I've just made this thing ugly with my god-awful my signature. <laughs> yeah. But that's it's really sweet. Um, In another band, um, we were called Swamp Sex Robots, and our stuff was not overly sexual, but there was a sexual overtone to it. And once this Quebecois woman, we were based in Montreal, this Quebecois woman, told us that we pulled out too fast that we needed to <laughs> bang a little bit more i'm not sure exactly what she meant but she it was like sexual innuendo obviously but she felt that we left her unsatisfied so whoa harsh but it like she was really st- Try harder <laughs> she, she, next was, time. she thought it was really good but she thought we could uh do a little better yeah obviously in broken Quebecois english it was especially weird Alright, what's the best album to have sex to? I thought Bjork's... Is it uh, Vespertine, I think? Was a pretty sexy album. I guess, like, Sade. Pretty sexy. (laughs) What's your favorite road trip album? I really like this album by Mike Snow. I don't remember what it's called. I'm so bad with stuff like this. But it has this song called Animal on it. And that's like my number one when I start a road trip. I put it on and sing along and dance in the car. Mm-hmm. Road trip albums, again, we usually, we do a lot of like, our first band had a tape player, so it was a lot of mixtapes. And then a lot of shuffle, a lot of iPod shuffle. But uh, there's this band called Golden Triangle. Uh, they don't exist anymore, but they're from, they were from New York. I can't actually remember that. They only had one album, and I think it might have been self-titled. I thought that one's, that one's really good. It's kind of like you can sing along to it, kind of. It's kind of rock and roll um, and not too annoying, not too long. I find a lot of times when you put on one album in the car, everyone gets sick of it by the end. But if it's a short album, then it's that's good. That's what. That's the real reason we yeah. only do EPs. So actually, having it. Adrian in our band was pretty awesome because she would like DJ in the car and like select mm-hmm. the next song, and that it was really good. All right. If you could have sex with any musician, dead or alive, guy or girl, who would it be? Debbie Harris. Debbie Harry? Debbie Harry, yeah. <laughs> Debbie, Debbie Harry. <laughs> um, she's pretty hot, for sure. Um, I had a pretty big crush on Karen O from... That's who I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would be... That would be... That would be a wild scene, I think. So let's go with that. All right, if you could get wasted with any musician, dead or alive, who would it be, and what substance would you abuse? I'd probably want to party with Janis Joplin, but then I guess that feels a little shitty, because... enabling her. Yeah. But she just seems so cool and so badass. But maybe I just want to have, like, a sober hang. I don't know. It feels <laughs> shitty to want to do drugs with her. Yeah. 
My first, my first inclination would be like Jim Morrison, but then I think it would just get too over the top. I don't think I could keep up. Like, I, yeah, I don't think I could handle it. But that, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Somebody who's, and it would be like hallucinogenics. I would keep him away from the, the wild turkey because I think then Jimbo comes out. But uh, maybe, yeah, an acid trip with Jim Morrison. I think that could be kind of that interesting. That would be pretty cool. All right, if you could fight any musician, dead or alive, who would it be? <laughs> would you choose someone just that you know you could beat? Is that, if you're thinking of picking a fight with somebody, is that the main motivation? Oh, like, I know could who I I'd want to like beat the shit out of is that guy from Kiss. Oh, Gene, Gene Simmons. Simmons. I yeah, hate him. That would be pretty good. Yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, shit I don't really dudes. like. Or like people, but <laughs> he's kind of asking for it. Yeah, Gene Simmons is definitely up there. Axl Rose, I feel like I, I wouldn't mind smacking him. <laughs> All those '80s hair metal guys are just like so. I don't even like want to imagine the shitty things <laughs> that they've done. Yeah. All right, final question. Similar to the Twilight Zone episode, if you just found out you're the last person alive on Earth, what's the first thing you'd do? Boy, the last per- the last person, not even one of two. So you're just by yourself on this planet. I mean, there could be somebody else, but you don't know. You don't know that. I don't see, like, a reason to live. <laughs> you just stuff it. I know that sounds shitty, but, like, the only... I, like, live for human connection and the interconnectedness that we all have. Maybe that sounds cheesy. Yeah. But you don't know. I think that... Yeah, I guess you don't I would, know like, your last. You, I feel like I, I would, would... look. I would look. That's probably what I would do. I'd look around. And cry a lot. <laughs> yeah. So you just go traveling then? Just go traveling, yeah. 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 Hitchhike. I'd be like, I'm Sadly. Will Smith. This is awesome. I am legend, right? That's yeah. Right. I just feel like he's always in all the movies where the world is ending. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess I would just steal a car. Or I wouldn't be stealing at that point. I would take a car and drive. I found somebody and then I wouldn't and then it'd be sad and then probably snuff it yeah well alright it brings us to the end thank you so much for coming down to the Cups and Kicks booth thanks for having us it was great we wish you all the best on your future endeavors thank you well let's check out the new track Sauerkraut off of the Split EP
Cups and Cakes is produced by Jeff McCallum. The feature track was played with permission from Switches. Undercurrents from Atlantis Jazz Ensemble's album Oceanic Suite is the background music running throughout the episode. Oceanic Suite is available through Ottawa's Marlowe Records. Find out more at MarlowRecords.com. Inside the Art Studio is the second podcast from Cups and Cakes. To hear the original and learn more, go to CupsAndCakesPod.com. That's Cups, the letter N, CakesPod.com. Thanks for listening.